audio. Hi, my name is Mark, and welcome to another episode of My First Concert, where I talk to people in the music industry about that moment when it dawned on them that this is something that they really, really wanted to do. And my guest this week is, well, he's a California and North Dakota native. I know. Uh, we'll get into that as to how some guy grows up in California, makes his way out to North Dakota, and ends up creating a pretty good music career for himself. He started out with an already established, well-known band up in Fargo known as 32 Below, and then made that band his own for a number of years before finally deciding to go off and try his hand at solo work. And there's a big difference in my mind between artists that get up on stage and talk about their music and then artists that are true storytellers. And I believe that Brian is definitely the latter. So I am very excited for this conversation coming up. So excited that I forget the whole point of this podcast. Hello, Brian. Hello, Houston. I'm in there. Perfect. Houston. We have a. Okay. No one's ever said that. No to one's. You, no, that's. Love that joke. That one's hilarious. <laughs> I'm Thank surprised you. you haven't heard that before. Right. Oh, God. Joining me, Brian Lowry, North Dakota boy. Why am I just finding out that you are not 100% North Dakota? You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Uh, if by you mean I was conceived by people from North Dakota. I'm 0% North Dakotan. <laughs> uh, I was born and raised in California until I was 19 and moved to North Dakota for college, Jamestown. Really? Yeah. I had n- I thought you were a native this entire time. Had I thought fooled. that's the connection we had, and now I don't know if I want to keep talking to you. It was right the now. connection we had. <laughs> <laughs> it was there for a moment. Now it's you're Dickinson, gone. right? No, or, I'm Bowman. Bowman. Well, okay, Bowman. I'm not too Close far. Yeah. Right, it was. Okay. But you came out, so you born and raised in where in California? Livermore, California. My parents lived on the corner of Park and P. Okay. Oh, my God. Yep. That's serious. 100%. Par- park and P. Park and P. So yeah. were you bullied in school, Brian? Uh, that a problem? I, we moved. <laughs> right. Not for that reason. Uh, <laughs> they moved uh, to, tr- let's see, Manteca, California, 815 Greystone Way. Um, How do you remember 209 this 209-815. I can't That's... remember the last four of the phone number, but our, it was 815. No, it was 825. That's kind of creepy. The address was 815 Greystone Way right on the corner. Uh, nice house. My dad. So where 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 in California is Manteca is the direct center of the state, north, south, east, and west, right in the middle. Oh, so agriculture. Okay. Yeah, hour and a half east of San Francisco, an hour and a half south of Sacramento. Were you did so you wouldn't have considered yourself really a beach kid then? No, I suppose. No, I never. I was never a beach kid. Okay. And I was never really a farm kid either. Uh, my dad worked in the Bay Area, and I grew up playing t-ball and soccer and. The only thing I had with farming and at all was in high school, we'd have orchard parties and we'd get drunk in the orchards and that was about it. <laughs> that was the extent of your farming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did your parents do out there then? You said your dad worked in the Bay Area. Yeah, uh, uh, he's a project manager. Uh, and my, uh, let's see, stepmom did hair stuff for a while. Okay. She still does that actually. Uh, they since moved from Antigua, but, and then my, um, my mom lives in Ohio, so they're kind of spread out. I'm kind of right in the middle. Okay. In Fargo and Nashville. I guess when I'm in Nashville, it's closer to Ohio, but basically right in the middle. So then how, uh, coming from California, would you have ever ended up in North Dakota? Uh, 
somehow or another, I started kicking footballs. A buddy of mine uh, on the freshman team said, hey, we need a kicker. Or it must have been sophomore year. Uh, he said, we need a kicker. So I went and tried out, got on the team. Five or six games later, got brought up to varsity. Uh, so I did soccer and football that season because okay. they were both in the fall. And then after that, I was like, wow, people actually go to the football games. And, like, <laughs> maybe I can get a date because, <laughs> you know, it's more than just parents showing up to your games. Right, exactly. And, uh, yeah, made the varsity team that year and kicked footballs. Did one year junior college in California, Modesto Junior College, and then Jamestown College recruited me. And I decided to try to get as far away from California as I could. No kidding. Yeah, 19, stupid, you know. Thing. Yeah. Screw you, Dad. I'm moving Screw away. Screw you, Dad. I'm going to and now, North Dakota. And now I cry every time we talk to each other. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. That's that's well. That's a weird. That's a weird path. I mean, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, most most people. Well, around here in the Dakotas. Now you've lived here long enough. Most people want to get out and they want to go to a place like California. They want to go to someplace bigger. Um, and you just you just went the opposite way. But I mean, I understand why. Yeah. They. Yeah, they are the only school that had an offer at the time because <laughs> it was after my I only did one year of junior college. Typically, you do two years. Okay, and my grades were shit, and but my kicking was really good, so I decided to try something new. Did you ever think that you know, hey, maybe if I keep pursuing this, maybe if I keep practicing, maybe that's going to be what I do? I with kicking. I had a tryout, a couple of tryout offers for some arena teams. Okay, uh, Sioux Falls actually. I can't remember the name of their team. Um, yeah. Either way, uh, at that point, I was already kind of flipped the music switch back on because I'd been playing drums since I was a little kid, since I was 10. That was my first musical passion. Mm-hmm. And I realized, like, kicking was great. It was fun. It helped pay for college. Got me a wife. Um, <laughs> she's sitting next to me. That's not fair. I can't say that and then laugh and then no, not say no, that she's not I, here. I, I, well, she went for the athlete. That's true. And then, yeah. and then what happened? Uh, and then, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, after football was over for college, I just kind of lost the passion for it. You know, really? I don't know. Yeah. I had a decent career as a kicker. I still hold the record there for the longest field goal. Do you really? Time. What yeah, was it? 50 yards. No kidding. My longest attempt. I never had anything longer than that. And I actually broke it here in Rapid City at, uh, Mines, School of Mines. My, fir- my first year at James well, College. Well, I mean, it's this, it's the school of mines. It's it's the brain. But they over still there. measure really the yards. Their... They they're actually good. <laughs> at, they're better than measuring yards because they're all engineers over there. <laughs> That's right. They all. They're, it's exact. It's man. exactly fifty yards. <laughs> they know. It's right before halftime, and it would have it would have been a forty five yard field goal, field goal, but our uh, our one of our O linemen jumped off sides. Oh no, so, kidding! That's so I really got the cool. record. Yeah. Well, I'm I guess I'm surprised because I've known you for you know a, a few years now. And I, I, I had no idea that that was your, I, I just, I'm still trying to get over the fact that you're not all the way North Dakota, but I'm going to get past that. It's okay. okay. I think I paid my dues there, yeah, right? I, I mean, you know, I've lived there since 2005. Right. So you're, I mean, you're That's you're 17 close. years. Pretty soon we'll have the ceremony for you. So you'll be official. <laughs> we'll bring out Even the- Even common law is only seven, <laughs> man. Right. <laughs> uh, so you started out as, you said, playing drums. So yeah. Why? Why, why you're the first person I think I've talked to on this podcast that has that's the instrument they started with really yeah and they oh it's, everybody's been guitar oh, it's sure. always been the guitar somewhere in the home or somebody gave it to them or whatever yeah so why drums we had guitars my mom she grew up playing guitar were so they, were your, did you have a musical family my mom was okay yeah she play, she still is she still plays guitar every once in a while but uh yeah I don't know why I picked drums but uh, sixth grade 
what how what what age am I? Sixth grade, twelve years old maybe. Right. Yeah, in there. Actually, I got a drum kit when I was ten. Okay. I think. Uh, and then my parents were divorced at two, so I guess the benefit of that is I had two drum sets. Mm-hmm. I had a drum set at each house. <laughs> I don't know if it was some kind of competition or not, but oh, didn't matter. I had two no, kids. Didn't so, right. <laughs> uh, I, I was great. I had a garage at my dad's house where I could beat the hell out of them all day. And then in uh, in my mom's house, they were in the garage, but we were in the country, so I could open the garage doors. And I remember my mom getting calls from the neighbors like, he sounds really good. I didn't sound good. They were just... You know, you don't hear anything in the country, and then you hear, you know, drums, right? And I think that call was more of, yeah, he sounds really good. You, yeah. We're just can telling you, you we can now? hear him, so please <laughs> make yeah. him quit. Yeah, they so, were very nice. Then you came out here, went to college, and where where yeah, was I that? St- I stopped playing drums for a little bit, right? Okay. Like, through high school, I did, like, jazz band. That was my main thing. I did, like, drum kit, jazz band for a while until I graduated high school. And then when I came out to college... Uh, left the drum kit at home, like didn't bring any of that. And then I was like, mom, can I have your guitar? Like she had a guitar she didn't really play, a 12 string. And so I took half the strings off and that made it a six string. So I learned how to play like guitar. So I learned Wonderwall, you know, that was the first one, classic move. Right. <laughs> and in all honesty, like I can say whatever on this podcast, right? Absolutely. So I was trying to get laid. Being a kicker wasn't <laughs> worth, this is 100% true. Being a kicker is not, it doesn't get you laid like you think it well, might. Sure, if no. you're a kicker, right? Right, exactly. I'm not a linebacker. I'm not a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm not a receiver. Uh, <laughs> you're Rudy. Yeah, you're Rudy. Well, I but mean, I put points on the board. Right. So there's exactly, that. Exactly. Sure. So there's some sort of, you know, re- respect you would think, right? Yes. However, yes. it wasn't working, and I'm like, I got to change it up. This is a true story, and it worked when I picked up the guitar, and then we got married. Eight years after that, nine years after that. So it worked nice. once. I'm batting a thousand. I just, I really want her side of it right now so bad. I mean, <laughs> so I, bad. I could turn on the other you microphone. You can do whatever you need to do. <laughs> I mean, I, let's be honest. I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for her anyway. So, I can totally understand yeah. that. Yes. Uh, so then how did you get from Jamestown to Fargo? Uh, in 2000, let's see, I graduated in parentheses mm-hmm. in 2010. 2009, Brittany graduated in 2010. And I was playing drums in a band at the time. And we were like, man, we can make all this money in Fargo instead of driving from Jamestown to Fargo every right. day for shows. Like, <laughs> let's move there. And so we all moved to Fargo, and uh, we rented a little twin home and uh, started playing shows in Fargo. So did you, after, I mean, after you were done in Jamestown, after you graduated, as you did air quotes. I, I mean, have one what, class left. What? <laughs> and, well, it's a kind of a sore subject. I did the damn class. I did. I did the class, a summer class after graduation. She's my wife's shaking her head because she was there doing my homework for me. <laughs> Do you want me to call somebody up there? I mean, since I'm a I'm a native, I might be able to get a hold Mike of Woodley, registrar's okay. office. Uh, there was Woodleys growing up in my hometown, so I probably know the guy. Oh, I'll get a, he's we a know, great we guy. We know actually. everybody. He's a great guy. Sure. But however, there's no record of me taking that class, uh, even though shady. I took it. But yeah. hey, whatever. It does. So you left up. So you really didn't have. Uh, I mean, what was your plan? To, to, just, to, just to be in a band in Fargo? Yeah, just, was that the deal? Yeah, just kind of see where it led. Like, we were playing music and we were getting gigs. We were a pretty good little band. It was three-piece. Mm-hmm. We were called Two Days Notice. <laughs> the shittiest band name of all time. <laughs> and before that, our, our band name was Grand Theft Audio. Oh, my God. Isn't that a gem? I'm going to use that against Isn't you at that some a point. Gem? <laughs> yeah. I remember that's when, actually great, though. No, honestly, that's a pretty cool name. I'm, I, I like it. It works for a cover band, right? Yes, like, exactly. There, there's probably 20 people out there that have a Gildan heavyweight 
Heather Gray Grand Theft Audio shirt in the Bleeding Cowboy font. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. and Bleeding Cowboy, oh, too. You know how. You yeah. nailed it. <laughs> I don't know why you're not. Yeah, I don't know how that didn't get us. Right. Together. I don't know. It's not like anyone else had that font or that shirt. <laughs> so you get yourself to Fargo, and uh, you're still with this three-piece then? Is that where it yep. is? Okay. Yep. And then uh, I did that for, I don't know, until... 2000 and so let's see a year and a half in Fargo with that band maybe two years and then because I was I started doing it in college so yeah probably three years like 2009 to 2011 and then in 2011 I joined another band for eight months playing drums Mm -hmm. and so you weren't you weren't like lead or singing or doing anything I sang you did not lead I mean I sang lead on a couple stuff but I wasn't the front man I wasn't like the yeah um and then in 2011, uh, or 2012, I saw an ad on Craig. I was, I don't know, it was just kind of stale. And I just wanted to do something different. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know, man. I'm getting kind of, I don't know, bored or whatever it was. But I just wanted some sort of change. And so I, and as a musician, you're always looking at like new gear on Craigslist and Reverb.com, all this stuff, right? Trying to, like, new drums and new bands, what are all these things? And um, there was this ad for the, I was searching Nashville ones, like Nashville used gear and stuff. And there was this band. I was like, looking for drummer, bum, 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 right? And so I answered the ad, and then not even, I don't know, a week later, I'm in Nashville auditioning for this band that was a Broadway band. What does that mean? So they're, they're a cover band that plays on Broadway like oh, four or five okay. days a week, and they do other gigs too. They, sure. have, they had original music also, which was really good. But I didn't even know that their, was a thing. Their That's primary thing was like they did Broadway, uh, I don't know, probably two to four days a week oh, consistently. Wow. Okay. Um, and so... I got back to far. Like I had, to, I got a buddy pass. My aunt was a. I just said aunt. That's how you know I've spent time in North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. We all know. We I pride this. myself on not getting the accent, and no, I think I've done a good job up. about that. But yeah. I said aunt, and yeah. that's it's aunt where I'm originally from. <laughs> so my aunt on my mom's side uh, was a flight attendant for Frontier, so she got me an eighty dollar buddy pass, which is the only way I could afford to go to this audition. And I learned some of their songs they sent me, and. Nailed the audition, flew back to Fargo, and a couple of days later, was like, "Hey, you got the gig if you want it." And so I look at Brittany, who we were still we were still only dating at the time, and she's like, "Well, I guess you got to go do it." And so I had a week to like learn seventy songs, tell the band I was in that I was quitting, and I remember I was in tears in the parking lot. The band leader Jason, he was at the music store, and I was like, "Hey, I, can I talk to you for a second? And I just I was like, "I gotta leave. I'm sorry." Like, uh, and it was a, I don't know. It was a thing. I felt really bad, but like, you know, you just life tells you to do stuff sometimes, right? And yeah, so I go down to Brittany stays in Fargo. I go to Nashville. I had a '92 Blazer at the time with like a thousand bucks in my bank account, and right before I had to leave, the radiator cracked, so I had five hundred bucks in my bank account, <laughs> and uh, drove to Nashville, left Britt behind, and started playing drums for this band the next week and got fired the week after. Well, let's hear what happened <laughs> there <Nailed> then. <laughs> and the people I was living with, my buddy Jeff at the time, like I got back after the week. And I, those guys are great dudes. I just, I didn't cut the mustard. Like I wasn't up to snuff. Like I, I played like crap. My tempo was all over the place. It was just, it was a great learning experience, sure. right? Like you get thrown in 
and you're not ready for it. Well, how did you and, how did you go down to do something like that? Nail an audition and give. I mean, they. It's, they had to have seen something know, in if, you that was... Well, I don't know if it was nerves or maybe I was the only guy that auditioned. I don't know. Okay. I don't think I was the only guy that auditioned because no. they're in Nashville. But, right. like, I don't know. I mean, I get along, got along with them great, you know? Like, we had a good time, but I just wasn't cutting the mustard And as far as musicianship goes. Right. And I knew it. Like, second, third gigging, I'm like, oh, man, this isn't going very well. And that's not a good feeling. Like, I mean, you know it's coming, but... We're also in Knoxville. They're not just going to leave you there. Like, you got to right. finish the week out. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to suck. And we get home, and they're like, hey, so uh, here's your check. Thank you so much, because I need that. I spent that amount on a radiator last week, so thank you. Uh, did you – Did you, was it more of a sense of, of relief, or did you feel like, oh, man, I, I failed? Part of you it – like I remember, maybe you remember, I'm pointing to Brittany, maybe you <laughs> right. remember the phone call, but I called her at like four in the morning or three in the morning in tears, like, I'm so sorry, like I came down, left you at home, and like I didn't get it done. Right. And I felt super bad. And she's like, well, you're there, so fucking suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. And I got another gig, uh, I don't know, maybe a month later, Right. Still down in Nashville? Yep, but for a guy that lived in Nashville but didn't play in Nashville. We played okay. everywhere else. Okay. <laughs> Which was cool because I got to see some friends that I had left. Yeah. You know, like, right. I think, Britt, you came to the casino show. We did, like, Hinkley in Minnesota. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Superior, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I did that for six months, and then that's when 32 Below called and was like, hey, our front man is leaving the band at the end of the year. Would you like to join our band? And I was like, yes, please. Because so that's what I wanted to do. I... I play. I wanted to play drums in Nashville as a like because I sang too, right? Like right. harmonies and like lead as a drummer. So I wanted to. I thought that would be like my in or my thing that made me different than every other drummer mm-hmm. in town. And it turns out I just wasn't as good as a drummer <laughs> as I thought, <laughs> and that was good because like it forced me to like okay, I'm gonna go be a frontman then, and I'm gonna do this, and I still have a drum kit at the house that I bang on every once in a while, but. So 32 Below was, they were already an established band before you Since 2001, in. yeah. 2001, okay. Yeah, so this is 11 years after that is when I joined. The, I joined, sept, technically, I started getting paid by them September of 2012. So but, you you were aware of these guys then? Yep. Okay. Yep, I had opened up for them a few times uh, okay. with previous bands and had met uh, Dusty, their sound guy, who uh, is a one of my best friends, uh, lived with Brittany and I for a while in Fargo mm-hmm. before I moved to Nashville. Uh, in 2012, and then that's who I live with now when I uh, go to Nashville. So they they must have been a pretty established big deal already in and around Fargo. Well, not just Fargo, really. They're I mean, pretty, they were like playing, the they Midwest. Were, well, they were yeah. yeah, they were in Nashville too for almost I don't know four years, I think. Okay, three or four years. Um, they were at the Wild Horse, like a they had a they were the one of the house bands there. They did a lot of cool stuff, man. Like sold a lot of records, yeah, like twenty five thousand records in that time period from conception to when I joined. Like mm-hmm. they did it. So, uh, how long were you with those guys? So, eight years. Oh, seven, wow. seven. I did my first show. Well, yeah, I guess technically, began January one of two thousand thirteen is when I was the official front man, and then I left at the in September of two thousand nineteen. Okay, was it? Uh what what was what was the next level then for those guys when you got when you got there was did, did it kind of all step up for you guys did it I mean do you feel like you um, you know I don't know if I can speak for the other guys but for me it was one it, it, the cool part about it for me was that I got everything I wanted I got to be in a, 
a front man in a band that was like really successful in the region. Mm-hmm. Like what better platform to like cut your teeth in, you know, like I, from day one, we had big crowds when I was in the band. Cause that's just what they had built up to that right. point. Right. Um, but it didn't, not to say it didn't come with its fair share of challenges. There was a lot of expletives and <laughs> other things that were yelled at me frequently. Sure. You know, you have in-ear monitors in, but you can still hear. And <laughs> there's some, I don't know, there's some jerks out there, but that's okay. Right. Everyone's got their own opinion. But um, that took a while for that to wear off. And there were a couple of times where it kind of ate me up a little bit. But, you know, you're in the band. You're doing it. So there's, I try to not let a lot of that stuff bug me. But for a while there, it was pretty tough. Um, just being compared, you know, to Matt, who's a dear friend of mine and sure. a super, super talented singer and guitar player and songwriter, but some, you know, traditional fans, you know, maybe, maybe there's fans like that with ACDC or Journey, right? Oh, I'm not saying I'm Steve Perry. No. That's not what I'm saying. Well, but your hair isn't it, near as luxurious. Well, no. <laughs> you are wearing a hat, yeah, I can't tell. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> but like, my point is, is that like when people get dedicated to a band, like they become a, a big fan, right? right? And they don't want that to change, you know, or whatever. When there, when there is a change, especially in a frontman position, like that's the face of the band. It's the voice of the band. It's a big deal to change that, right? So did so, you guys... So that was tricky. Did you guys all kind of... Did you feel like you came together then, uh, you know, after a couple of years together? And Yeah, I think you, so. You kind of made it your own thing away from who was previously the lead singer? It definitely became a different animal, that's for sure. A uh, different sound. Um, I remember the first song I wrote for the band... There's a song called Raise It Up, and I remember specifically thinking, like, all right, I need to write a song that kind of sounds like the old 32 Below, but kind of sounds like a new 32 Below. And I don't know if that was accomplished or not, but (laughs) that was my thought behind that song. And ever since then, I was like, well, I'm just going to try, we're just going to try to do whatever we can try to do. And it it ended up sounding different anyway, just because there's new people in the band, Right. right? But it was fun, man. I learned a lot about being a front man and being, you know, how to work a crowd and, it's, I don't know. I learned a lot in that gig. So were you... I made a lot of good friends, too. Like, I just did a show in Chicago on Sunday. My first time in Chicago since I'd been in the band. Uh, my first solo show there. And there were 25 people there that were from the old bar I used to play really? in the band. It was just the coolest moment. Like, there's so much support out there. It's great. Yeah, that's... Well, I think that's what makes it kind of unique around this area specifically. Um, you know, we, we at times don't get a lot of the major big touring, whatever in, in North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, you know, and so fans that are really hungry for the music around here, they try to find the, the best local regional bands that they think are out there and and they, and they become pretty hardcore fans. You probably noticed that you had to have noticed that, you know, so they pick you guys to follow. And, uh, I think that's why, uh, it, it, a lot of people are like, well, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not on the radio. You're not playing to tens of 15,000 people ever. But yeah. does that, I mean, obviously that'd be awesome to do. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, you, you still must feel like you're as successful in certain areas, aren't you? Yeah, um, I think, I think the thing that I enjoy or I pride myself on is like just being to connect with people at the right. show. Like I tell stories like mm-hmm. in literally in my songs, but also in my show, like I, I literally try to connect with people during the show. There'll be, there might be a part in my show where for a minute and a half or two minutes, I don't even play a song and I'm talking to someone in the crowd, but really I'm talking to the whole crowd. Exactly. And that, of course, radio is awesome, right? I want right. to be on the radio. We all do. But until then, 
you know, you find your way to hustle and make it unique. And exactly. that's what we're doing. Well, you, you are you are on the radio here. I'm on your radio, you're, and you're I like that. Right you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when it when when what was that moment where where you decided that you you probably had to be on your own that it wasn't going to uh, was were you feel did you feel like you you weren't getting something from the band they weren't getting something from you or or it might have been a combo of both I I mean I'd like to think that while I was in the band like I I didn't just mail it in there mm-hmm. were a couple like towards the end there were a couple shows where I was frustrated with people jumping on stage and being jerks and oh. I got in a fight in Dickinson. And the cops, this is great. I got to tell this story. So Please. our drummer at the time, Matt Tingham is his name. And we did like a three-hour show with no breaks, right? And we're playing at Dickinson's parking lot, the football stadium yeah. parking lot, mm-hmm. on a Thursday for their homecoming. And in the middle of the show, we do a drum solo. So everyone leaves the stage except Matt, right, to do right. his thing. So we all go take a pee break. And I come back from peeing, and there's a guy on my mic tapping my guitar pedal board, picking my mic up, starting to yell in the mic. So I sprint jump on the stage a couple truck beds right i jump on the stage and i go up to grab his collar to like pull him down and he jumps so it looked like i had this superhuman strength like i took him by a shirt and (laughs) threw him five feet off the stage and when i did that he grabbed my sweatshirt and we both went to the ground and by the time like we tried to throw a punch or whatever uh the cops had both of us. And yeah. I was like, dude, I'm in the fucking band. Like, what have you been doing? Clearly, I've been preventing people from getting on stage. I'm in the fucking band. And they're like, you can't do that. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Anyway, he ripped a hole in my sweatshirt. I was pretty pissed about that's that. That's my favorite so sweatshirt. That's, that's how it always goes. It's always your favorite one yeah. when the fight breaks out yeah. every time. Fuck that guy. <laughs> so you've been, uh, what's it been, three years now? Or four years? Yeah. Since so you've been on your own? I'm sorry. To get back to no, your point. Fine. Uh, there there was like one or two shows like that where it's like I've just had enough of this shit of people being rude and like mm-hmm. I don't know and then with the combination of I just felt like me personally I wasn't getting the artistic part of it out that I needed to like we weren't really writing a ton and to to me it just kind of got a little monotonous and I still had fun like we had tons of cool stories and I love all those guys that were in the band, whatever version of 32 Blow it had been. Mm-hmm. And I just needed to do something different, man. I had, I just shit I wanted to write about and say that maybe wasn't that cover band type stuff. Sure. You know, like I just, a different type of show, a different type of artist. So now your show, I mean, does almost exclusively consist of you on stage alone with your guitar. Yeah. Telling the stories. Um uh, you know, and 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 all of them. I I do think it's unique because you don't get a lot of people that do that anymore. Uh, that'll stand up there and kind of explain. I think a lot of people are interested in that. Yeah, you can go to listen, but to to get that meaning behind it, to get the story behind it, I think that's kind of yeah. cool. And you you must. I mean, that must really kind of resonate with people, doesn't it? I think it does. Yeah. Um, I've always been a fan of like. I think any real music fan loves to hear more than just the music, right? right. They like to hear why, right? The whole the why. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I try to give everyone that. So nobody's wondering why you said this lyric. They're like, no, Brian's going to tell yeah. you why I said this lyric. Well, or I'll, or I'll give enough least... of the story right. where it's like, oh, that's, it makes sense that yes. way. Like when you think of it this way, right? I'm, obviously, I'm not writing these big epic songs where they're not math problems to try to figure <laughs> out what the meanings of my songs are. Right. But I like to, one way that I think people like to connect to my songs is by hearing the stories behind them. Sure. It's as simple as that. Like, what made you write that song? This is what made me write it. Do you think you'll ever go back to being in a band again? I think so, yeah, eventually. Mm-hmm. But it's, 
man, I enjoy it, dude. I've played like I've done so many cool gigs with just me and my guitar where I get to just stand up there, do my thing, sing, tell stories and in my songs and in front of like thousands of people, just me and a guitar. Right. And it's so cool because it's a challenge, right? You don't have like fog machines or drums or guitars or bass like it's just you. You, you're super vulnerable. If you miss a note on guitar, everyone's going to hear it. If you miss a note singing, everyone's going to hear it. But I like that challenge of it. It's cool. It's. I'm not saying it's easier or harder. It's just you have to, like, I don't know. It's just different. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's like no, an totally. extra layer of focus that I think I need to have because I'm doing it that way. And, well, I, and I like that challenge of it. What's fun, though, is having seen you uh, in a band and alone, you know, you have the ability to do both. You you can be a front man, and you can stand there vulnerable like you do on stage. Thanks, man. Uh, it's, you know, I, I got to, a couple of times this past rally here in Sturgis, you hopped up on stage yeah. with a couple of bands that were playing. and, and, and The did, Hoos. Yeah, with Judd Hoos, of course. And, oh, uh, shout out. Uh, hello. They're on NBC they are, killing it right now. They, My they, gosh. They are. You know, uh, real quick, I don't know. Did you know that Michael Bolton... And Jewel and Cisco are, are on that show too, representing oh, yeah. the state. Oh yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's straight up bullshit. I, I kind of wondered. I thought it was all for 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 um, uh, uh, you know people that uh, don't do it professionally. Is it because they couldn't find anyone else in Alaska? Is that why? <laughs> that's gotta be it. <laughs> oh my god! If you're not hunting bear, I guess you're Jewel. Then that's what you are in Alaska. <laughs> Give me a break. I, I wonder got... if it was some sort of thing to maybe like get more people to watch it, you know, because they split it up evenly too. So it's not maybe. every celebrity guest. Right. Not that they're celebrity guests, but they've had uh, success, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I wonder Yeah, I wonder what the motive for that was. <laughs> if it was just a, you know, to try to, right. I don't know. Did I'm you... not on the dang show. I think it's fun <laughs> watching my boys on it though. Yeah. Well, did you know uh, North Dakota? Did you know the person that's on there? Did uh, you know? She sounded know. great yeah, though. Yeah, she did. Yeah. She like really sounded good. really cool in her story, yeah. you know, like. That was yep. really cool. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's always uh, fun to have you in town, Brian. I mean, there's so many more stories. Uh, there's certain people that I've talked to that I, I think at some point when you're really comfortable with your career and where you are and you're not worried about anything anymore, I want to hear more of those other stories. Okay. Yeah. I know you would probably sit and tell them to me right now, but, you know, you've got a career to think yeah. about. And I've got two more hours, Mark, so let's go. <laughs> I can make this a real long-form one. Uh, no, you're, uh, you're, you're kind of semi-notorious uh, in, in certain circles, uh, at least from the people here in this building when they say, oh, Brian's coming. Let me tell you a little story. And so then I hear these stories, and I'm like, holy shit. I remember leading up to the first time I met you, I heard one in particular, and I'm thinking, this guy's, this guy's crazy. I mean, he's, he's crazy. And I'll let you just kind of mull over what story that might have been. I, honestly, um, I don't know. And there's good. some and that I, I know I'm not allowed to say anymore. Right. <laughs> a lot of them happen in a green so room. So I can't. Yeah, and, I don't yeah. know. Wow! Uh, no, man, you're, you've just—you've got a—you've got the perfect personality for this. Oh, you know, thank you. that's and I think that's what makes it—it uh, it means something for you, and I think that's what it—you know—it makes it mean for people that are coming to your shows and watching you. Uh, It's—you know—if if they're coming to expect the full show, that's not where you're at right now. But at the same time, come see a story being told. You know, come yeah. see. I mean, that's that's what I don't think we have enough of anymore. And all this, you know, this this conveyor belt type of music that's constantly coming out all the time. I want to go see something different. I want to see somebody that's going to open up and relate a little bit more 
And man, you do that. Yeah, I appreciate that. I yeah. mean, I tr- my kind of thing, my dad used to say, he won't remember this. I think I've told him this before, but I don't think he remembers. Excuse me. But he used to say something to the effect of, you know, it's been a good day if you've laughed and cried in the same day. I don't know what the hell that means, but <laughs> if you come to my show, you're going to do one of those two, if yeah. not both. And yeah. there's, it's fun, man. It's cool. It's lighthearted. It's fun. It's serious sometimes. And it's, I don't know, to me, meaningful. Like, I don't know. I love connecting with people. Do we get you back uh, for the rally again this year? Are you guys? Are you... Uh, yes. Okay, excellent. Perfect. Yep. Um, well, I think I'm doing all 40 days this year. <laughs> Jesus, that's what it feels like. You are not kidding. It feels like it's already started. Dude, know? it's great. 60-minute set every, once a day. Love it, dude. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's so good to talk to you again, Brian. Um, I know you've got a show coming up this Saturday night. Too. I do. So that's going to be at the Loud American Roadhouse uh, here in our backyard in Sturgis, South Dakota. What time is that? Nine? Eight o'clock, I Eight believe. O'clock. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And just you? Are you yeah. Anybody else going to be there? Nobody? Perfect. Uh, my beautiful wife will be slinging merch. Yes. And we have a okay. kick-ass new shirt that we're debuting this weekend. Really? I'm going to show you a picture of it. Yes. And I want your honest reaction okay. in the microphone see. via audio. Uh, well, okay. I'd like to... I, I have... I believe I... I kind of... Oh, <laughs> Is that not the coolest shirt you've ever seen? It's a little cocky, but it's also like, hey, I'm just here. I'm just a guy. It's just my first name. I'm trying to think. There's somebody that reminds me of. Not you. Well, it's, it's your face, but it doesn't remind me of isn't you. Isn't that great? God damn that. So let's go on. Those will be at the show tomorrow it's... in Wyoming and Saturday in Sturgis, and then they'll be online on the website on Monday, April 9th. It's the 10th, it's the 11th. smirk that makes it for me. It's a great picture. Get out of here. Look at that face. Oh my god. Look at that. That's great. God, you you, you kind of look half like a badass. The best part of that though, picture too. is like people someone might buy this and wear it around and someone might come up to me like who the hell is that and they're like it's it's brian it <laughs> it's says brian, right on the brian. shirt this yeah. is brian yeah yeah i'm getting one of those <laughs> thank you for talking to me man i appreciate it as always are you gonna ask me what the famous question on your podcast oh god damn it I've been waiting to tell this story forever. You have been, you've been, I mean, it's been interesting and I can't believe, I I totally forgot the whole point of this damn podcast. Wow, Brian, this is how interesting you've been. Well. Frankly. You're you're welcome that I remembered. So would you like to ask me instead? Uh, No, because mine's really good. Yes, it is. So the whole point I will ask you yours after. I'll ask yours now. I'll end with mine. Can we do that? Nobody gives a shit. Um, Was it Firehouse? (laughs) Yes, it was. (laughs) Don't treat me bad. No, that's, that's not it at all. Um. I do, I do like to find out that moment. Um, and any more though, when I'm talking to, the more I've done these podcasts now, the more we get into uh, uh, the, the moments early on, because people always seem like they want to talk about that right away, you mm-hmm. know. And it and it always comes down to an. It's, so far, it's been an instrument that most people would be like, "That's the moment when I held that guitar." Okay, so <laughs> I wanted it to be the the, the moment you you saw what you wanted to do and you knew that that was it so what was it see for you? this is why you're a pro <laughs> you've either heard this story or you're just a pro i'd like to think the latter you you can let's go with that one yeah please let's go with that one <laughs> so i was 14 years old at the san joaquin county fair in california with my mom and then stepdad uh both mormon which isn't relevant but it makes the story funnier uh <laughs> And we go to see, it was my first concert ever, we go to see <laughs> David Lee Roth 
<laughs> David Lee Roth at the San Joaquin County Fair. Yes. And I'm standing there next to my mom and stepdad, and I'm pretty sure the guy in front of us was Freddie Mercury because he had he had rainbow suspenders with the turquoise uh, tank top on and white jeans and chucks, and he had one of those like the like the the bands like the right. black strap with the buttons around the, the, yeah. on the what yeah. do they call it, the studs around. On his arm. And he had a flat top and he was smoking weed. And the only reason I knew that it was weed is because I didn't know what that smell was. And I looked at my mom and she was like, that's weed. So I'm like, right? 14 years old, David Lee Ross up there, you know, Panama. Like the whole bit, right? They're doing all the all, all the, the hits, mm-hmm. all the Van Halen hits. And he whips out two bottles of Jack Daniels, okay? And he opens one. Starts taking a drink, sets it down, opens the other, puts it by his crotch, as if to say that's his. Right, sure. Uh, and is pouring it on the ladies in the front row. And I'm like, I want to do that. That's... <laughs> Be a front man. <laughs> if I didn't make that clear. Oh my god! I'm not, dude. That was my first concert ever at the San Joaquin County Fair. I got to see David Lee Roth. Pee on the front row with a bottle of Jack Daniels when I was 14 with my Mormon parents. You you win, Brian. I mean, you win. This story so far has been <laughs> the best out of all of the ones I've asked. You you will move to the, the front of the class. You're going to get the gold star, and I, I'm going to defy anybody to beat that one because your first your first desire to be on stage wowing a crowd is to have a bottle of whiskey between your legs, dude. <laughs> Out of <laughs> Dude, that's great. I think that's why uh, they put me inside last year at the rally. There's that five <laughs> yes, feet. Right. There's that five feet buffer between the tables and the stage. And they can contain you a little <laughs> bit better inside too. That might be the reason why. But all in right. all honesty, that he is a hell of a performer, dude. Oh, yeah, like totally. Is. With all the freaking karate kicks and shit, yes. and like, man, dude, he knows how to eat. He knows how to keep your attention. Well, what what were your okay? You had Mormon parents. Your mom took my you? mom and stepdad were Mormon. Yeah. Okay. So w- why did they take you? I, my stepdad was a big rock fan. Like he played. Okay. Gu- he had guitars and played guitars. Uh, he, and you uh, said you were fourteen. Yeah. And then the next year was uh, "Do you you feel like I do?" Uh, British dude. Uh, oh my the, gosh. Was it, it was that was the Who? Was no, it? no, not the no, Who. No, 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 no. Oh uh, my gosh. It was the same county fair, yeah, but uh, okay. uh, uh, Peter Frampton. Oh, God. Sorry, <laughs> yes. Peter Frampton. Good job. Uh, that was 15 years old, Brian. 15-year-old Brian. The next year, same same venue. So those are my first two. But You know, there's, there's a lot. He didn't compare to David Lee <laughs> There's a lot of the stories I've heard about you that now are just falling into place. <laughs> because I think, I think that moment has stuck with you all of these years, and you're still, you're still trying to find it. I'm, I think so. Well, let's just say there's no shortage of Jack Daniels. It's a lot of American. <laughs> okay, this year, please, at the rally, at some point, if I'm there, I just 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 reference that for me. Okay, I if don't you're there, I'll you reference it. All right, it. that would be great. I will. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me, <laughs> Houston. Bet, Appreciate you. Love you, man. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to this week's edition of My First Concert. I am Mark Houston. I am the host and producer of the show. It's engineered by Chris Jaquez, and all the audio and visual work is done by our own Russ Haddon. My First Concert is on the Home Slice Audio Network, and if you like what you heard, a great review is always appreciated.